your Bibles, go to Proverbs in chapter 24. Proverbs in chapter 24. That's good. And folks, uh, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And uh, we need to testify and praise God. And I think sometimes we get a little lax in that and we think it's juvenile and we don't think it's necessary. And boy, I, I hope that you never get over what the Lord's doing in your life and that you recognize that each and every time God does something. Let's go ahead and stand together as we read just one verse tonight. Proverbs in chapter 24. And we're going to look at verse number 16. The Bible says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the privilege to stand here and, and Father, preach your word. Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for their faithfulness, Lord, as we just listen to uh, Tim and Abby sing about your faithfulness, Father. Pr I praise you for that, and I praise you for the model that you give us to pursue and to achieve to. Father, I ask that you would uh, please bless those that are sick tonight and heal them. I know there's just a number of, of, of our people, Lord, who are down and out. And, Lord, I pray that you'd keep the rest from, from getting this and, and, and keep us healthy, Father. It would be a blessing uh, personally to each and every one of us. But, Father, I pray that our hearts now in the next several minutes as we turn our attention to your word would be touched. And, Father, we'd get something from, 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 from on high. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Proverbs in chapter 24 and verse 16 is one of um, my favorite verses in the Bible. If I have a favorite verse, it's Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 13. And uh, I think it's probably followed very closely by this verse in Proverbs in chapter 24 and verse 16. The Bible says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Um, there's really very little difference between the just man and the wicked man in this verse. There really is. The difference seems to be that the just man just gets up and tries. And that the, miss, the one that's wicked just continually falls and stays in the mischief or stays in the gutter, so to speak. And I, I, I want to I look at that tonight and I want to talk to you about not giving up. And folks, I, I, think, I think that a Christian who quits on the Lord is one of the saddest testimonies that this life can offer. I really do. And uh, I, I see that. I see that. In, and again, you folks that have been Christians for any length of time, you've watched that. And it's a, sad, it's a sad statement. It's a sad story. It's a sad testimony to watch someone who does claim Christ as Savior, but just walks out on the Christian life. And I, I don't understand it. I, re I really don't. I, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to try to understand it. I, I, and, Folks, we'll, I'll talk about this tonight, but I do understand that the road is hard. I do understand that it seems to be uphill both ways. I, I do understand that failure is, is, is an element of it, but at the same time, I, boy, I don't want to ever be a Christian who just quits on God. I may fail. I may fail miserably, amen, but I want to be a Christian who continues and who pursues the Lord. And So tonight, I just want to talk to you about not giving up. Um, first of all, and this comes right from our text, I want to say this. Number one, don't give up, but get up. Don't give up, but get up. Um, so you failed. Join the crew and jump back on the bandwagon. Um, I, I am amazed at how oftentimes that, that when we fail, we feel like it's the end. Uh, can I tell you that when you fail, that is not the end of the story? It's not even the end of the chapter, amen? I praise God for that. Folks, do you know that God deals with failures? And the reason I know that is because God gave me a book where he deals with 
failures. Do you know that David committed adultery and yet was used of God? Do you know that Moses murdered a man and yet was used of God? Do you know that Jonah blatantly disregarded the word of the Lord and went the opposite direction that he was to go? But the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord came again the second time to Jonah. And folks, I could go down a a, a, a list of great men and women who really were just abject failures at one point in their life. Yet God used them, and the reason he used them was because they did not give up, they got up. And I look at us tonight, and so many times somebody says, well, well, I'm trying, I'm trying to lick this, this, this alcohol addiction that I have. I'm trying to overcome it, and I'm at, I'm at day 17, and I blew it. Well, thank God you blew it. Get up and keep going. You're never going to look at life and say, well, I've been just perfect lately. I don't have any more problems. And if that's your response, ask the person that's closest to you, and they'll share with you some shortcomings in your life. You're never going to reach that level of perfection in your life, my friend, in this body. And I hope that you understand that. And so we need to look at life and we need to say, hey, don't give up, man. Get up. You're going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to lead with your chin at times and have some carpet burn on the bottom. Amen? But understand, yeah, you failed. But join the crew and jump back on the bandwagon. Everybody fails. The only difference between success and failure is this. And here's a simple formula. Failure, 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 quit equals failure. But failure, 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 success equals success. You say, what's the difference? That individual who succeeds just tries it one more time than the man or the woman who quit? Thomas Edison is said as he after he he discovered the incandescent light bulb. It is said why he was asked. He said he failed a thousand times making that, and he he was asked why did you continue? He said, well, every time I failed, I found out one more way not to make the light bulb. And tonight, friend, you may say, I just cannot seem to succeed in life. But you get up and you look at the mess you've created and say, at least I know one more way not to do it. And don't go back to that mess. You see, the Bible talks about the dog returning to his vomit. And that is really what the the wicked man here is, as he falls into his mischief and just enjoys that vomit. And I'm amazed at that. I don't want to enjoy my failures. I want to get up and pursue Christ. And so don't give up. Get up. And it's such a simple little formula, but I look at life so many times. And folks, the people who succeed and the people who make something out of their life, the people who make something out of their marriage, the people who make something out of their children are not people who are perfect. They are people who refuse to lay down. Do you understand that? I mean, I, I've watched some couples, God bless them, and I look at them and I say, honestly, I don't know why they ever got married. They don't fit together at all. They are the worst match under heaven, and yet they just continue to go forward, and they end up having a very successful marriage. Why? Because they did not just stay in the middle of that fight. They got up and kept on going. And so tonight, don't give up. 
get up. You say, well, well, pastor, you, you don't understand. I mean, my, my trial is worse than anybody's. Folks, read the Bible. You're going to find some people that had it worse than you did. I promise you. God's got a book full of human illustrations, and those human illustrations were literal people with flesh and blood who miserably blew it. I mean, do you understand that Peter rejected the Lord? Not rejected. He denied and cursed the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Honestly, who here tonight would like to get up and repeat that failure of Peter? I would not like to be that man. I would not like to be the one who says, I have no, and then just curse a litany of words and then say, I have no, I have no relationship to that man. Peter failed, but praise God, he got up, and he went on. And so tonight, don't give up, get up. Secondly, tonight, don't give up, show up. Take your Bibles to Ephesians in chapter 6. Ephesians in chapter 6. I'm going to pick up with verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then the first word of verse 14, it says, stand. Four times in those verses, we are told to stand or to withstand the battle we're in. Can I tell you this? You will never stand for God unless you show up. All right? It's, it's, I know, you're blown away at the deep doctrinal truth you just learned. But folks, you and I have got to come to a place in our life where we understand if I am ever going to do anything for God, I cannot give up. i got to show up. And our biggest problem, and I mean this in Christianity, is that we have a bunch of people who say, well, well I, just, I just can't do it, so I'm not even going to try. Man, don't give up. Show up. Show up. You be present and accounted for. There is a battle going on, and if you don't see that, read verse 12 again and underline it in your Bible and go home and study it. But we are wrestling against principalities and powers of darkness. We are in a battle, brother. We are in a war, and we are soldiers of Christ. And tonight what God needs is He needs some people who in roll call is called, you say, present and accounted for, Lord. I am ready. I am not excited about the battle of today, but I'm here. Folks, I'm sorry, in, in the military, I'm not going to say this I, 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 probably correctly, but I don't think you get, get a lot of bonuses for, for, for being excited. I think you get a lot of bonuses for showing up. You say, well, well, well and it is. I mean, we got this in the, Christian, in the Christian ranks, so to speak. You got these people who just, boy, I'm excited to serve God. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And the next week they're not there. Now, I, I'm glad you were excited. But I'd rather have you be there and count it on than be excited. 
And I think you know me well enough to, I think that, that, that you know that I, I believe that we should be excited about serving the Lord. And I think we should be joyful. And I think we should lift up the name of Christ and make much of that. But can I tell you this? You're never going to do anything great until you can just learn to show up and be present and accounted for. And, and can I tell you this? At your current job, I don't care who you work for, you may be the most knowledgeable person in that entire plant, in that entire company, unless you own the company and you don't show up you're going to be looking for a job real soon. All right, Brother Leopard, you can probably get off because you own your own business. Other than that, and I can tell you, if he doesn't show up, he will be out of business. Praise God. But understand this. Brother Moore, you might be the best state trooper the whole state of Wisconsin has. I highly doubt that. All right, but no, but he, may be, he might be the most Now John goes up to, to the academy, and he teaches class on, on, on the rule book, more or less. He goes up there. John knows that rule book inside and outside. He can pull you over for a variety of things. He knows every way to get us pulled over, and he does. And that's fine, and that's good, and that's well. And he has a knowledge that surpasses everybody in this room and probably most state troopers. But can I tell you this? If John just says, I don't care, I'm not showing up, I'm the best you got, but I'm not showing up, John Moore is going to be looking for a job. You say, but he's a great state trooper, but he's not present and accounted for. And I look at this life, and folks, what Christianity needs is it needs people who says, I will be there. You can count on me. You can depend on that. No, I might not always be the way I should be. No, I might not always be excited about the process taking place, but I will be there, and I will be accounted for. And friend, tonight, I cannot tell you how important that is, and we need to grasp hold of that. Our culture is losing that. All right? We don't think showing up is a big deal. And case in point is moms and dads. Do you understand that? The breakdown of the family is happening because mama and daddy don't think they need to be there anymore. It's sad to me what our public schools are doing. And the reason they're doing it is because mom and dad aren't taking the time to teach their children how to live. See, folks, I'm frustrated. Do you know know that 50 years ago in America, you had the three R's? Reading, writing, and arithmetic, and I know that's not grammatically correct, but, but you get it. Today, we have to teach our children in public schools social agendas. We have to teach them about the home. We have to teach them about relationships, and that's what's taking place. And if you don't believe me, you get involved in your child's education in the public school, and you find out what's going on. They are indoctrinating your young people, and they are teaching them how and what type of an individual they are supposed to be. I don't send my kid to school to learn social issues. I send my kid to school to learn how to read and how to do his math and how to do a few other things, but I don't need... But Folks, our homes are being destroyed because mama and daddies don't show up anymore. You see... Our little card game on Thursday night and our little football game party with our buddies on Saturday night and our video games all the other time on our little phones have dwarfed our responsibility to our children and we are not showing up and because we are not showing up, someone else is intervening and they're teaching our kids the wrong nonsense. Do you understand, do you understand the best time to get a hold of someone is when they are brand new? The best time to grasp hold of a Christian is when they're a baby Christian. You know Why? Their mind is young as far as Christ is concerned. It's, 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 it's waiting for information. And, and it's no different physically. When's the best time to grab hold of someone? As a child. You teach a child something, and my friend, chances are that child, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. 
You heard that before? Well, that's what's happening. And mama and daddy have stepped outside our responsibility. And we've said, well, well, it's somebody else's job. No, I'm not going to give up on my kids. That's my responsibility. I'm going to show up. Amen? I'm going to be there and I'm going to train my child about the sanctity of life. I'm going to teach my child what a marriage truly is. I don't care what our government says or what our state says or what someone not says. Do you grasp this? And I'm weary of it because we're saying, well, 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 pastor, I mean, that's, that's the way the world's going. That's not the way Christ goes. I'm not to follow the world. I'm to follow Christ. And it is time that you and I say, this is what the Lord would have me to do, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to show up. And folks, I'll say this. God can use people that will show up. God will take someone who is faithful. God will take someone who is steadfast. God will take someone who is dependable, and he will ground them, and he'll use them for his glory. God took a shepherd boy and made him a king. And I believe one of the reasons he did that is because David said, my heart is fixed on thee. God knew David was a man who was after his own heart. He was dependable. God knew that that boy's heart was after him. That boy's heart was not like the heart of Saul who sought a little bit of fame, who sought a little bit of recognition. David's heart was sincere and pure after God. And David was there when God called roll call. When Nathan looked in the face of David and said, David, thou art the man, David said, yeah, I am. Do you understand that? God tried to get a hold of Saul's heart. And Saul manipulated the system and said, Samuel, just make nice with me. Make it look like religion's on my side. Please don't embarrass me in front of the people. Instead of hitting his knees and crying out to God and saying, God, I'm wrong. Forgive me. I've sinned. But David humbled himself in the sight of God. David showed up. David said, I really don't feel... David had to go through a rebellion against his own boy. David had to deal with the death of his own son publicly. But he showed up. He showed up. And folks, there's a lot of us, and a lot of Christians say, well, hey, I've talked to some good moms and dads, and they say, oh, my child's gone off into sin. My child has failed. I just don't think I can get up and stand up and do that anymore. I don't think I can serve God in that way anymore. Brother, don't give up. Show up. You let God take care of that. You let God remove you if God needs to remove you. But brother, you show up and say, Lord, I'm here, and God, I need to get right with you, or God, I need to be accounted for. I'm here. That's missing today. Too many Christians have walked away from their duties, and we've forsaken that. And I could go on forever about this point. I don't desire to tonight. But folks, it's about time we just show up. Say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. You wonder why Isaiah got picked? To the best of my knowledge, he was the only one there for that vision. <laughs> and, and I look at modern Christianity today, and, and folks, honestly, we are so caught up, and we are so busy going about our own lives, we've forgotten that God needs us, me, to be present. Tomorrow morning, will you be present and accounted for as far as God's service is concerned? You say, well, I work at Design Homes, I work at Cabela's, I do this, I do that. Will you be present and accounted for for God's service? <laughs> what am I going to do for God tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you could share the gospel with one of your workmates. Do you understand? It's January. A lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are looking for something. Maybe, maybe you could introduce them to the Lord. Well, I mean, I, I, they, they might make fun of me. Good. But be present and accounted for. I mean, take just show up. Folks, you don't know what good can happen unless you're there. And I mean that. 
playing sports. I'll tell you this. My brother and I were talking about this the other day. I never... I never wanted to be a guy that sat on the bench. I never wanted to be a guy that was injured. I, I, I remember, I, remember I, I, I would wear ankle braces. I would wear anything I had to just get on the floor, and I would hobble. I remember playing intramural football in college, and I love athletics, and most of you know that, but I played intramural football in college, and I had a knee. I had water on my knee, and I could take my thumb, and I could stick it in there about two-thirds of the way up, and there was just fluid on my knee, and I got out there, and I played quarterback, and I hobbled, and I limped, and we won that game, and I praised God for it, and it was not because I played well, but I just wanted to be on the field, man, and I got to tell you, you will never do anything unless you show up. That bothers you, doesn't it, Brother Leopard? I know you can imagine me just starring and, and being all that and you know, winning medals and gaining trophies, and that really bothers Brother Leopard. It truly does. He's in awe of my physical talents. But understand, folks, you're never going to do it. I'm, I'm being facetious. I'm exaggerating just a hair, all right? But, folks, what I want you to understand tonight is you will never, ever do anything unless you're on the field, so to speak. And, and I watch us as, as, as Christians, and we've just, we've just forsaken our duty. God does want every single Christian in this room to serve him, does he not? Isn't every single one of us a part of the body of Christ? That means that as far as God is concerned, there is no bench. Did you get that? I mean, you can't say, well, I'm sitting this one out. You're not sitting this one out. I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if you're ill. I don't care if you're old. I don't care if you're seen. Now, God has a place of service for you. And my friend, today, you and I need to just show up and say, God, I can fill that place you have for me. And by the grace of God, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I don't understand why you want me there, God, but I'll serve you and I'll show up. But so many of us, folks, have run from that. Don't give up tonight. Show up. Thirdly, don't give up. And I talked about this this morning, but grow up. Don't give up. Grow up. You know how you learned to walk? You fell. <laughs> yes? I have three beautiful children. I love them to death. And, 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 and watching little ones learn how to walk is terrifying, isn't it? As a parent, you're just praying to God. They do not find the sharp edge of any table. And they stagger around. They do. They look like they're a little drunk, and they got them little fat legs, and they're just hobbling. And, and it's, it's, it's entertaining, but it's terrifying. Do you know how you learn how to ride a bike? Biffing it, man. Training wheels are for sissies. Yeah? Get those little things off your kids' bikes and tell them to man up. Amen? Skin knee is good for them. You remember that I know so yeah, my, some of you are 17 and still got training wheels. <laughs> you know how you learned how to ride a bike, though, don't you? You failed. You wiped out. You biffed. You made a mess of things, man. You went in crying to mama. But eventually you got it. You had to grow up a little bit. Hey, Christian, you're, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to say some dumb things. You're... Anybody ever use the word of God out of context in an argument or a conversation? Yeah. You're talking to your wife, and boy, you really have her. Yeah, no, come on, man. Don't give up. Grow up. you got to grow up a little bit. There's, there's going to be a little. Do you know it's okay for a babe in Christ to be immature? Do you understand that? Because they're a babe in Christ. I mean, they can't even feed themselves. You understand? I mean, do you get it? 
they can't eat the meat of the word. They have to take the milk. They can't grasp that, 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 that doctrine. They can't grasp those hard things. And I'm not talking about hard to understand necessarily, just those hard things. And they look at that and say, you've got to be kidding me. Why are you asking me about that? Leave me alone. I've got to grow up a little bit. Don't give up. Grow up. You know, I was looking at this here this afternoon, putting together a few thoughts. And 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1 and verse 3 tells us to grow in faith. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 tells us to grow into grace. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 tells us to grow into the head, which is Christ. 1 Peter in chapter 2 and verse 2 tells us to grow from the milk to the meat of the word. And my friend, I look at this, and, and, and don't give up. Grow up, man. Just grow up. Understand this is a part of the process. You, before you learn how to walk, you're going to have to learn how to crawl. And before you learn how to Walk, you're going to have to learn how to, how, 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 how to uh, you know, to stumble around and to bumble around and, and, and a biff on your face. But eventually, you're going to get up on two feet, as God intended, and you are going to make progress forward. And that progress, I'm sorry, my kids did not just automatically walk after they got up on the, the, the two feet. I mean, yeah, they, they might have gone three steps, and then they just, phew, Feet went out from underneath them. But the next time they went four, and the next time they went five, and the next time they went six. And my friend, in the Christian life, it is very similar. You can't give up. you got to grow up. Yeah, you fell. Yeah, you made a fool of yourself. Yeah, people laughed at you. Yeah, the people at work mocked you. Yeah, I know that. Oh, you're a Christian now. And, and look, at, look at what you said. Look at how you acted. Ha <laughs> ha, you're a Christian. Don't give up. Grow up. That's a part of the process. Aren't you glad God's not finished with you? Man, grow up. Don't give up. Maturing, it's an ongoing process. And I, and I look at us tonight, folks, and I think sometimes we don't understand that. And, I, and maybe it's because other people look down on us or somebody says a negative word or somebody we feel condemns us. I don't know why. We give up. Don't. Nothing ever great was done by people who gave up. And folks, do you understand that? I mean, the battle of Iwo Jima, how many waves of men went in? I mean, you read some of the accounts of that, of that battle, and it's horrifying. I mean, men are literally 18, 19, running by dying American soldiers on the beach. But they didn't give up. They didn't give up. They could have. They had every right to. Say, fooey on this. This is ignorant. This is stupid. I mean, I mean, those are, those are friends. Those are countrymen. They're dying. I don't want, I, what, what's my death worth? Well, it's worth freedom. It's worth liberty. And thank God they didn't just give up. And those young boys became men. Why? Because they grew up seemingly overnight. But folks, I look at Christianity, and, and, and honestly, where, where, are, where are we? There's a battle going on. There's a war that is being fought. And are God's people going forward? Or have we just stopped? I do not want to stop. I do not want to become a community in this community. 
Do you understand? I don't want to just be, you know, us four no more. We got our little church family. We love each other and everything is good and well. No, I want to pursue people for Christ. I want this community, the Prairie du Chien area and the surrounding villages and towns to know that, Prairie, that, that Bible Baptist Church takes a stand on the word of God, that we preach the gospel, that we love people. By the way, that we preach the truth. We're not ashamed of the, all the oracles of the word of God. I want us to be known in this area because we are not going to give up on what God has given us to do. But Christian, I'm going to tell you, it starts with you and I on a very personal level in our lives going forward for Christ. Christian tonight, don't give up, get up. Don't give up, show up. Don't give up, grow up. In all reality, where are we? You know, many churches that were once fundamental, that were once outgoing as far as the gospel is concerned, that were once growing, have stopped. I'm going to tell you this. I do not believe that's necessarily a sign of the world, although it can be. I believe it's more a condition of the people inside the, the building. I do believe with all of my heart there's people out there that need to be saved. I believe they're, <laughs> the fields are white on the harvest. Yes? What was Jesus' prayer for laborers? Sounds like a lot of Christians had just kind of given up, doesn't it? They'd said, well, let's, let's you know, we, 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 we've got everything we've attained, we've done, we're finished. That's not, that's not my heart's desire. My desire is to go forward. And that means you can't give up. You say, Pastor, I'm tired, man. Don't give up. The greatest victories are won in the darkest times. You do understand that. And my friend tonight, don't give up. Don't give up. Get up. Show up and grow up. Let's go and stand to our feet. In a moment, the instruments will begin to play. Folks, I know I've not been eloquent, but this is, this is something that burns on my heart. Because I, I, love, I love the cause of Christ. I love this church. I love this congregation with all of my heart. But if we give up, God can't use us. Remember Dr. Heil saying, he said, God never steered a parked car. It's such a simple way of putting that, but folks, tonight, are we done? Have we achieved? Have we given up?
Everybody's got their reasons. I understand that. I talk to people in this community all the time. I love them, but they're done. And friend, I don't want a single one of us in this room to give up. Get up. Get up. If you're down right now, get up. You say, man, I failed. Why would God use me? Get up. Stop asking why and just know that he will. Get up. And show up. Be there. When your name is called, be there. My friend, then grow. Grow in faith. Grow in grace. Grow in Christ. Grow from the milk to the meat, but grow. Just don't give up. As the instruments begin to play, if God's laid something in your heart, please come to the altar. You remember what Jesus asked Peter when he reconciled Peter to himself? He said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter's answer was pretty similar. (laughs) Jesus did not go back and revisit the failings of Peter. Now, I think to a certain extent he did. But he said, lovest thou me more than these? Peter said, you know, I do. Christ said, then get busy and serve. Folks, I don't care what reason you have to quit. Peter had. He said, I go a fishing, and I'm done. And Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. Then Peter, serve me. Tonight, we all got our reasons. Some of us are tired. Some of us have failed. Some of us just whatever. Let the Holy Spirit of God touch your heart. Let him ask you, hey, do you love me? Hey, fella, hey, lady, do you love me? I pray that your answer is yes. If it is, then just understand, he wants you to serve him. He wants you to be accounted for. He wants you to continue to grow. So don't give up. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Sunday school teachers, I'll just meet with you right down here in this middle section in about...